Hi guys, thanks for joining APAC Assistance. We're just gonna do a quick roundup of some of the issues we've covered today. In East Asia Pacific today, we covered off on 31 issues plus wrote the daily uh, Myanmar report given Myanmar continues to be in a state of ongoing and prolonged crisis. Today, our assessed issue in East Asia Pacific is indeed clashes in Canberra, Australia. Protesters and police clashed outside the Parliament House Today, police used pepper spray to disperse protesters after the protesters stormed uh, the premises. At least four people were arrested. The protesters belonged to a group that set up a camp at the National Rose Gardens. They have been protesting since mid-December against the government and its COVID-19 management policy. Interesting to note that the group said that it does not recognise legal authorities. So I'm guessing in... Um, somewhat um, Australian modern terms are going to be in for a little bit of a rude shock about what their claims are going to bring them in reality. It is suspected of starting a fire at the old Parliament House. I think you the same group is. Authorities are looking at ways to evict the protesters. And our assessment is that anti-government sentiment has risen across Australia in the last two years, especially over the government's measures to manage the COVID-19 pandemic which started off very tight and progressed to oppressive and now have suddenly loosened up everything overnight, leading to drains on both the supply industry and also on essential worker supply. Elsewhere in East Asia Pacific, and just skipping on some of the major 30-odd we covered, China ordered the suspension of six US flights um, and that's due to a surge in passengers tested positive for COVID-19. Interesting to note, before the latest cancellation, three US airlines and four Chinese airlines were approximately operating about 20 flights a week between the countries. Hong Kong has stated it will outline a set of new uh, laws, um, and that's in addition to the sweeping national security law imposed on Hong Kong. Kong by China. So draconian measures continue to thicken there, which means our assessment over the coming years will be that Hong Kong will become more and more controlled by China. I think even the most uh, diehard Hong Kong citizens and former British expats have worked out that British law isn't going to continue. Um, I think we'll see a depowering of Hong Kong. We'll see an empowering of other cities in the Greater Bay Area in China. Um, and the big winners are likely to be um, Singapore, Bangkok and Taiwan from attracting foreign investments. In Southeast Asia, in Cambodia, the Japan International Cooperation Agency will provide a USD $185 million packet of loans. This is to help the Cambodia government managing COVID-19 pandemic. Interesting that in such a poor country, there is such a wealthy um, class and control that I'm sure they will hand select some of those funds for non-COVID measures and hopefully some will help the communities that are being affected by COVID. In Indonesia, in Papua, the Jayapura State Administrative Court rejected two lawsuits by PT Inti Kabun Lestari. Now, interestingly, this is a very interesting case where um, the Sarong authorities, in a change of government, took the opportunity to revoke palm oil uh, permits for the company. In December, a court 
upheld the revocation of the company's permits in Sorong over environmental concerns. Now, this is of particular interest because it's the first time tribal leadership and land rights have been able to uh, be pulled up at the provincial level, making the seemingly uh, Javanese business people um, that believe they're above the law are now finding out that perhaps they're not. Now, there's a lot of um, Javanese and governments from the west of Indonesia that have massive land holdings um, for palm oil, but also other types of um, resources, both for uh, timber extraction, other types of farming, and also fishing. So this is a very interesting case because it's going to be seen by many um, investors, both foreign investors and investors from Western Indonesia are setting a precedence. In Malaysia, authorities issued standard operating procedures for the January 16 to 19 Taipusam celebrations, whereby only vaccinated individuals can participate in Hindu religious observations. In Thailand, 50 customers were arrested and raided on karaoke bar for breaching COVID-19 restrictions. I'm going to skip forward now directly to Myanmar. Obviously, it's a detailed daily report for our clients. However, interesting to note a few points. Firstly, the um, civil uh, deaths are at 1,784 during the crisis. Tatmadaw, which is the army and various government security forces at 5,557 and COVID-19 at 19,297. And for Western companies sitting back and going, it won't affect us, we're only in Yangon, 338 civilian deaths in Yangon and 92 um, security force deaths. At least 18 security personnel were killed in clashes with resistance groups across the country yesterday. In Sagang region, five security personnel, including uh, Tatmadaw soldiers and Tatmadaw-aligned Pusor T militia members were killed in a clash with the local resistance group. Two resistance fighters were also injured. In Kanbalu in Sagang region, two Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in the explosive attack by a local resistance group. In Mandalay, which is the second biggest city, a Tatmadaw soldier was killed and another was injured in an explosion set off by local resistance fighters. The explosion occurred at a local administrative office in Ongne Tarzan Township. In Chin State, two Tatmadaw soldiers were killed by sniper fire in Matupi. The Chinlan Defence Force, Matupi, claimed responsibility for the attack. In Shan State, five Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in a clash with the Tang National Liberation Army in Namkan. In Kaya State, three Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in a clash with a coalition of resistance groups, including the Kareni Democratic Front near the Loikor prison. And in other um, developments, a Mitel's communication tower in Mon State was damaged in an explosion, which means um, infrastructure is continuing to be targeted. At least nine villages in Sagang region were shot dead by Tatmadaw soldiers in extrajudicial killings. I think that's enough for East Asia Pacific. Over to you, Uday. I think you were covering South Asia, is that correct? Yes, Paul, thanks. So in South Asia today, we covered 16 events. Uh, so I'll start with India first. Uh, we saw some pre-poll violence in Manipur. 
there were two powerful explosions in Impal West and East districts yesterday. And now this is something that we will continue to see over the coming months. Uh, India has seven state elections this year. And uh, key states to watch out for, for violence, at least, is uh, Uttar Pradesh and Punjab. Meanwhile, in Vishakhapatnam, uh, in Andhra Pradesh, uh, steel plant workers threatened to go on strike. Uh, they're demanding an increase in wages for workers. Now, this is a very big plant, so it will have an impact. If we move over to Pakistan, where uh, we have the assessed event, uh, there's heightened security measures in place for religious congregations in Karachi. Now, uh, the Pakistan state security apparatus is quite strong. And um, there haven't been any major incidents in the last few years, so it's not looking like there will be any. But uh, in the same neighborhood, and Bhargav, I would love your thoughts. There's increased reports of drug trafficking along the Pakistan border with Afghanistan. And um, on a second topic, a Tariqi Taliban Pakistan commander was killed in Nangahar recently in Afghanistan. Um, do you have any comments? It is very interesting, uh, Uday. First things first, we must reflect and understand that the Pakistani security establishment is more than strong enough to ensure there is adequate security, especially in the events of religious congregations, like you mentioned in Karachi. And we need to underline that Pakistani security establishment, especially the army, has been able to hold strong and ensure stability to a greater extent, despite extreme adversity in the last two decades, with the likes of bin Laden, the affiliates of Tariqe Taliban Pakistan or TTP, or even Taliban itself, uh, finding home within its territory, but still they ensured that major cities in uh, in the country, despite a few setbacks, in fact setbacks for a few years, they have been able to uh, manage the security really well. And we are talking about extreme adversity here. In the same context, uh, the way the dynamics have evolved uh, in, in the second part of your question, that is the death of TTP leader in Pakistan, especially in Nangarhar, is quite interesting. That begs the question, is this uh, Taliban versus TTP? Of course, Taliban has actually denied any such reports or any such deaths of TTP leader within its territory. But to what extent can we actually believe that? Because we, after all, we are talking about a militia which is running quote-unquote official government of Afghanistan. Uh, but that doesn't really dismiss the question are Taliban factions fighting each other now? And is, is Pakistani establishment, has it been able to um, sow seeds of conflict within them, within the factions? If that is so, I would say kudos to Pakistani establishment itself because they are, they are able to turn uh, so-called theological brothers against each other to ensure uh, to ensure that TTP doesn't really trouble them within within the Pakistani territory. And now, what does this mean for businesses in Pakistan? First, firstly, uh, they need uh, they need to be uh, they need to be focused on how their operations spread within the country because it all depends on the region, the province, as well as the uh, the specific unit of authority they are dealing with. Primarily because. Pakistani establishment is definitely strong enough to ensure greater degree of stability. However, uh, sporadic attacks can't be uh, you know, can't be tackled in a very short uh, in a short notice. 
okay and they can hit anywhere i mean they were able to hit a highly secure uh, cricket match some uh, probably a decade ago sri lankan cricket team was there and ttp claimed uh, claimed responsibility for that attack however strong the security establishment may be the the, the likes of ttp can actually carry out attacks but at the same time they need to be convinced that their uh, investments will not really go in vain because uh, chinese have been investing nearly 60 billion dollars as part of the cpec project in the country so to that extent they need to ensure their security protocols as well as their liaison with the relevant government authority is intact uh, i believe that's the key aspect for businesses who are looking at high ticket investments in the country so with that uh, i will pass it on to basel to cover middle east Thank you, Bhargav. Uh, today in the EMEA region, we have over 30 developments. Uh, starting off with the Middle East, uh, especially in Iraq, uh, Germany will extend its military mission in Iraq until the end of October 2022. The German government uh, announced uh, this decision yesterday after a meeting. Uh, also in Iraq, uh, the attacks against the popular mobilization forces or al-hashd al-shabi uh, continue at least one member of the pmf was killed and two others were injured in an explosion that targeted the 18th brigade uh, uh, on the in the al-anbar uh, governorate uh, also, moving on to Israel, authorities shortened the quarantine period for COVID-19 infected individuals to seven days uh, on January 11. In Saudi Arabia, the civil defense uh, issued weather warnings for several regions across the kingdom yesterday. Uh, they were uh, the warnings are effective between today and January 15. Moving on to Syria, uh, non-governmental non organizations or NGOs suspended their activities in Al-Hawl camp in northern Syria after an attack by an Islamic State uh, terrorist that killed a paramedic that works for the Kurdish Red Crescent. In Turkey, authorities also further uh, loosened COVID-19 restrictions and quarantine requirements yesterday. Uh, fully vaccinated individuals now will not be quarantined if contacted with a COVID-19 infected person. In Yemen, the war continues also. At least 200 Houthi rebels were killed in airstrikes by the Saudi-led Arab coalition. And two Yemeni pro-government D-miners were killed in an explosion uh, during an explosive device disposal operation in the port of Hodeidah yesterday. This is it from the Middle East. Uh, passing uh, to you, Sitati. Uh, thank you, uh, Basel. Uh, across Africa, uh, we managed to cover 15 developments, and the anti-military protest uh, scheduled for today in Sudan featured as an assessed event in the EMEA region. Uh, major cities such as Khartoum, uh, Omdurman, Port Sudan, Nyala, and Bahri are likely to experience most of the protests. Across the north in Tunisia, uh, the opposition party in Ahda uh, yesterday announced its intention to fully participate in tomorrow's protests to mark the 11th anniversary of the Arab Spring. And uh, what we need to note here is that uh, uh, this uh, particular opposition uh, party will be majorly protesting against the ineffectiveness of uh, President Kais Saeed to handle or rectify the political uh, situation in the country. So that's for me, across or over to Chudi to cover other events in Europe. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Satati. Um, in Europe, 
The main news is the tension in the Baltics as Lithuanian authorities terminated a transport agreement between state-owned Lithuanian railway and Belarus state-owned company Belarus Kali. The agreement was terminated on grounds of national security due to the ongoing migrant border crisis between Belarus and member states of the European Union. This move is um, fairly emblematic of EU member states' growing readiness to adopt a more robust stance against um, Russia-backed uh, Russia strongman aggression on the continent, especially in the Baltic states and Eastern Europe. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, Russia's response, given yesterday's reports about um, EU's fast depleting national um, natural gas reserves, which are mostly supplied by Russia. Um, moving on to the United Kingdom, the main news from the United Kingdom is um, the bus driver strike that has been ongoing for the last couple of days is set to continue in Manchester. Um, the strike was over working conditions and paid disputes. Um, we should see continued disruptions to transport services from January 18th to January um, 26th and disruptions to local businesses as well, such as schools in the greater Manchester area. Um, quickly on COVID updates, the main news was um, a continuation of some anti-vaccination protests across Europe, especially in Bulgaria, where a thousand protesters demonstrated in the vicinity of the parliament in Sofia yesterday against COVID-19 restrictions. Um, this triggered a violent clash between protesters and security operatives. Um, we should keep an eye on developments on the ground as though likely the, the, the violence of the clash will likely spark further protests. Um, which could which could replicate across the country, and um, there is some reports that suggest that the protests could um, could encompass um, um, demonstrations against not merely the COVID nineteen restrictions, but also the, um, the the ongoing economic malaise that has besieged um, the country, given the um, the the, uh, the economy suffering under the COVID nineteen. Um, in other COVID news, Denmark and Switzerland saw restrictions not restrictions, excuse me, saw some loosening of restrictions in COVID-19 protocols. Um, that essentially is the roundup for most news in Europe. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Paul, do you have any uh, final inputs? No, I don't. Let's round it up for today. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone.